Hey Rewatchers, this week's episode is brought to you by the Highlander 25th Gathering Convention in Los Angeles in celebration of the unique and enduring legacy of the Highlander television series. The convention will take place Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, October 20th through the 22nd at the LAX Crown Plaza on West Century Boulevard in Los Angeles. We here at Highlander Rewatched could not be more excited about this convention, which will feature guests such as the Highlander himself, Adrian Paul, Elizabeth Grayson, Jim Burns, Stan Kirsch, Peter Wingfield, David Abramowitz, Efron McAsh, Anthony Delongis, and James Horan, who you may remember from his turn as Grayson in Season 1's Band of Brothers. Not only will you be able to meet the immortal swashbuckling stars of our favorite television series, but there will be amazing interactive classes offered as well. Sharpen your skills with the blade in Adrian Paul's sword experience. Go toe-to-toe with Efron McAsh in his knife combat class. Experience supersonic speeds with Whipmaster to the Stars, Anthony Delongis, and find inner peace and tranquility in Elizabeth Grayson fan kata class. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for us mortals, so make sure to head over to HighlanderWorldwide.com for details, tickets, and hotel booking info. We can't wait to see everybody at the Highlander 25th Anniversary Convention, Friday, October 20th through Sunday, October 22nd. Head on over to HighlanderWorldwide.com. Again, that's HighlanderWorldwide.com today to get your tickets. Objectivity. Objectivity. Oh, give me a break. You put two years of your life into Mei Ling Shen, and when she's killed, you just go off to a poker game as if nothing happened? Well, I'm sorry. I'm not like that. Then it sounds to me like you'd better find a new assignment. Don't even think about it. She's been with Christian since the beginning. Perhaps that's the problem. She's lost her perspective. That's crap! Come on, Ian. Everyone tends to root for their guy a little. It's an occupational hazard. That doesn't make it right. You're too close to him. Who are you to judge me? Is this all they are to you? Cards and a game? Here's Mei Ling. The game is over, right? The game goes on without her. Here is Xavier. And this one. Here is Sarah. And here is Stanton. And here is Darius. Rita, Rita. Go on, keep on playing. They're just cards. ahead off the librarian what's the point welcome to highlander rewatched the <laughs> podcast where each and every week we take a look at another facet of the highlander universe and discuss it in detail i'm one of your rewatchers i'm geith this is kyle this is Eamon. you know sometimes the librarian has it coming we know some librarians who really deserved it absolutely oh yeah dewey decimal <laughs> yeah that that, fam- that famous librarian mm-hmm. dewey decimal <laughs> that's right is that just named after john dewey I, I don't think, think it's so. Dewey from Huey, Dewey, and Louie. That makes sense. Uh, so before we get started on this week's episode, we have a little bit of reader mail. And Eamon, I think you should be the one to oh. read this one. Uh, so this email comes from Dominic S. from Germany, who won our Highlander reboot pitch contest. So what did he say, Eamon? Oh, uh, so Dominic says, hi, guess what? Yes, your package arrived. Oh, man, where shall I start? So we should explain what that is. So as That's part right. of the prize... It was uh, just a dick pic. Yeah, uh-huh. Dominic got... It arrived. <laughs> yep, Dominic got uh, some magnets, which Eamon, of course, designed, and also a custom piece of art 
uh, for Dominic. That's right. Um, I drew Dominic a, a little image with the Kurgan, two Kurgans, and a Callus. Two Kurgans? Two Kurgans. What was the other Kurgan? One Kurgan was from the past, and one Kurgan was also from the past, but from 1980. Yeah, I guess they're all Was Callus from the past as well, I guess? Yeah, from I the mid 90s. They were all from the past. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So the one Very long good. ago. <laughs> oh, man, where shall I start? Okay, since I already mentioned that you guys are amazing, ooh, I skipped that. But you are, so he didn't skip it. <laughs> Boom. I really enjoy those magnets, and regarding Eamon, I probably can't put into words what that piece of original art means to me. It is beautiful, and I still can't wrap my brain around the fact that somebody put time and effort into art, especially for me. That is mind-blowing. I had no idea it would affect me that much, but it does. Thank you, Dominic. That is uh, very nice of you. Um, when I actually got this email from him. I, I responded and uh, kind of affected me, too, how uh, appreciative he was of a piece of artwork I made that doesn't happen to me very often. So thank you, Dominic. I really appreciate it. Yeah. There you go. Some awesome. some people just have bad taste in art, and you 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 luck yeah. out, Eamon. That's true. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's actually that's actually why Eamon's so affected. Yeah, was like we're Whoa. so we're so brutally mean to him mm. about his profession, and just that I tricked Dominic like <laughs> into thinking that that was a good piece of art. Just kidding. Uh, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's cool. really awesome art. Thank you, Very and good. thanks for participating in our contest. Yeah, for having such a good contest entry you never know there might be more contests coming down the pipeline from us in the future we'll have to feel it out yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe i'll draw the art next time there you go yeah that's actually it's actually just gonna be a drawing contest <laughs> Eamon might win keith Fini- did one of the our pirate. logos though did i mm-hmm. which logo uh for one of our joke episodes oh that's right it looks it looks like yours yep. except it like looks like it's drawn by, drawn by like a four-year-old mm-hmm. yeah, that was good that was fun <laughs> for a second i thought you're going the opposite direction it looks like yours but it looks like it was drawn by a real artist <laughs> uh guys so let's hop hey, into this week's episode so this let's week do it we are we're, we're just past the halfway point in this season uh so we're talking about season three episode 12 they also serve this episode was first aired february 6 1995 uh it was directed by paolo barsman he's back baby barsman's back the last episode we saw from him uh was blackmail which was what two episodes ago yeah Uh, and he's got six more to come after this episode so he's around for a little while longer which is cool um this episode was written by lauren shore so you know what that means. We got to talk about Larry Shore and... Hanukkah Hoops. Hanukkah Hoops. There yeah. it is. That's right. Ooh. So that's the film he's working on currently. Uh, last we saw of him was he wrote the episode Obsession, which Obsession. is troubling in yeah, a lot of ways. Not... Ooh, but great kick. Did he write that kick? Do you think he choreographed it? Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, so I did some more digging into Hanukkah Hoops. I could not find any more details. I'm kind of curious if this movie's even happening still. Uh, so I found the actual charity Hanukkah Hoops, hmm. uh, because this is based on like, it's the movie's not just called Hanukkah Hoops. It's a charity that does kind of like Jewish outreach and stuff. Is Mr. Shore involved in the charity also? I don't know, but I messaged them and I have yet to hear back about oh. the movie. So I'm digging deep into this guy. How did you message them? Uh, did you write them a letter? I wrote them a letter. Yeah. I want to know deets on when this movie's coming out or how I can get it. So. Very good. Send it Pony Express. Yep. <laughs> it was a singing telegram. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. Yes, They'd would be. respond, probably. Uh, yeah. In kind. <laughs> yes. Uh, so this episode guest stars Mary Waranov as Rita Luce, or Luce. Uh, Michael Anderson Jr. as Ian Bancroft. Uh, he's been in a ton. He was in Moonraker. Quincy. The Razor. The Laser. What did I say? Moonraker? Yeah. The laser. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. okay. We're not disagreeing. Okay. Yeah. I was actually I was like, is the movie called Moon Laser? And I misspoke. I'm that famous James Bond movie, Moon Laser. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's definitely one of the shit ones, right? It's bad, yeah. but it's fun to watch. Okay. Written that's by. A- uh, oh shit. Uh huh. Wait. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Raul Dahl. What? Yeah. yeah, they were good friends. So like, oh no! Does actually, the vil- do the mm-hmm, villains take mm-hmm. the glass elevator oh. all the way to all the way to the moon? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and Willy Wonka becomes the villain. Raul Dahl wrote "You Only Live Twice." I thought he wrote nope. Moonraker. Do you write the screenplay? Something's going on there. Are you, you only sure? Twice. I am ninety nine percent sure. I am one percent. I'm one of the one percenters. <laughs> Keith is the one percent. Yep. Oh, well, we'll see about this later. I'm right? Gonna, well, I am protesting Keith, and I haven't showered. So, <laughs> occupy Keith's living room. There we go. Anyway, uh, he plays Ian Bancroft. A little bit of trivia before we jump in. Ian Bancroft was originally the name of Joe Dawson. I don't know if you guys remember oh, that. Right. So they've kind of brought, and that was when the character was like a little more serious. It was maybe going to be played by Michael York. A lot, uh, lot more bookish, right? Uh, so they've actually nerd. kept nebbish, that those yeah. character traits around for this character. That's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, it's a nice little Easter egg. I was glad when he gets hit by that car. Spoiler alert! I was not. I was like, oh, I kind of feel like this this organization needs more middle management. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this organization is off the fucking rails. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah. There is no one at the wheels behind the wheel at the watchers. Nope. I didn't remember this episode well, and I was like, oh, maybe like we got a new boss in town. This will mm. be good. And I was like, oh, never mind. JK. Yeah, I wish he did stick around. I liked him quite a bit. Mm. Yeah, and I thought he and Joe had some good chemistry, and it introduced some good tension. Yeah. So, so this episode also guest stars Barry Pepper. Uh, as Michael Christian, uh, he's pretty famous now. Like this was one of his kind of early first acting gigs. As a, as a sergeant, he's well known in the military. Sorry, yeah, sergeant, sergeant Pepper. Pepper. Yeah, he's even banned. Sorry, that was not good. Go on. No, that was good. <laughs> it's a slow burner, but I like that one. Uh, well, speaking of the military, he was in Saving Private Ryan. There you go. Uh, Flags of Our Fathers. Yeah, Flags of Our Fathers, Enemy of the State. He was in the Green Mile, and he was in Battlefield Earth as well. Racking up the hits. Yeah. Take my hand, boss. (laughs) (laughs) And then finally, this episode guest stars Vivian Wu as Mei Ling Shen. Uh, She's mostly done Chinese films, but she was in the movie The Giver. Yeah. Which Eamon and I watched not too long ago together. It's a movie that, if you judge by just the cover... It looks awesome. Yeah, it looks awesome, and it looks like Mark Hamill plays a robot bug mm-hmm. man. That is not true, but the nope. cover makes you think that. I'm uh, sorry, what? <laughs> we'll have to watch this movie, Kyle. It's called The Giver. And the it's, Giver? It's, kind of like Mugiver? And it's like a weird yeah. alien spacesuit, right? Yeah, it's like an alien spacesuit. It's based off of a Japanese cartoon. I don't know how it was made into a live-action movie in America, but Mark <laughs> Hamill's the bad guy. Perfect. Wasn't he the sci- is he the bad guy or the scientist? I thought he was the bad guy. Is maybe the scientist maybe the bad guy? Scientist. I don't know. This movie is insane. It also yep. involves a pretty racist like rap. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Like one of the I'm mutant sorry, alien. What? This this movie <laughs> is off the charts. Yeah. This is a crazy terrible movie. Where was this movie, movie made? 1992 or something like that. Oh. There's also Guyver 2 Dark Hero. That sounds bad. Yep. Doesn't sound. It's supposed to be better. <laughs> that's that's easy to do. But darker? <laughs> darker. Oh, I, I actually have the I, I have the IMDb description here for the uh, for the Giver here. Read it. A young man discovers a mechanical device that merges with his own body, turning him into a cyborg superhero. When strange creatures start appearing, trying to take the device back, he begins to uncover a secret plot to genetically engineer terrifying monsters. Hmm. There we go. You really said that like there was terrifying more. Terrifying monsters. Terrifying yeah. monsters. Uh, but also, Vivian Wu also was uh, Mitsu in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah. three. So she's the heroine of that movie. That's her? That's her. Aw. It's pretty cool. 
It's pretty cool, guys. Does, does she one of the turtles want to stay with her? Yeah, for I, like I believe another weird cross species romance. Is it Michelangelo? Probably. Or he's, is it Raphael? That turtle wants to fuck that human <laughs> woman. <laughs> <laughs> we are Whoa. talking about Ninja Turtles. Yeah. yeah, inevitably. Yeah, inevitably, and it all comes full circle to our other late '80s, early '90s franchise pleasures. That's right. So, speaking of IMDb, you guys want to talk about the IMDb description of this episode? Yes, please. Watcher Rita Luce is using Watcher information to help immortal Michael Christian catch other immortals when they are helpless so he can take their heads. And Duncan is next on her list. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, Joe struggles with his conflicting loyalties to the Watchers and his friendship with Duncan. Ooh. That was a pretty good one. Yeah. I think yeah, this, I, was, I was nervous at meanwhile, but it, it, no, it closed that up. I think if you just take out the word meanwhile, this is a solid... Like, you don't need that word. This this description's solid. I'm into it. Let's hop into this episode, guys. So how does this episode open? With a lady in a bathing suit jumping in a pool. The title card lets us know we're in Hong Kong, and then there's like, all right, what is the most Asian-sounding music cue we could possibly oh. do? Just to make sure you're not confused. Anyway, so we're in Hong Kong. It is interesting, though, with to, racist go, music. to go back. It doesn't need to be in Hong Kong. No, why is it? Because mm, she's of Asian descent. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I guess it adds like a broader scope to this story a little bit. They never go back sure. to Hong Kong. No, right. I was no. expecting when Max like, I have to leave for a couple of days, which happens much later in the episode. I thought mm-hmm. he was going to Hong yeah. Kong for yeah. some reason. And also it's weird because like, out. I guess all the, then the other characters are all moving, like globe hopping then. Like yeah. Ian is her watcher. He has to, I guess, come back from Hong Kong. Yeah, he. Along with Rita, Rita and Rita Michael. Repulsa and like, and... One of the many Michaels. Yeah. Yeah. One of the many Michaels. <laughs> There's a menagerie of Michaels in this. Ooh, I like that. All right. So it's she's like all these like really slow, like kind of creepy shots of her diving into the pool. Yeah. There's a it's lot a of shots of her dive. Yeah. So. But she seems like a pretty good diver. Yeah. I assume yeah. this is something the actress is good at. Good. They're just like, oh, you're. It's the giver. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that, buddy. So we find out that this guy, Michael Christian, is, like, watching her dive. From a skylight. Yeah. So at some point, he comes in. He's really creeping. Yeah. Yeah. And he, like, ambushes her when Mm -hmm. she comes out of the water. And she gets the buzz while she's underwater. Which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, Though the buzz is very late. When he's up there watching her, I was like, well, is he a watcher? Is he immortal? I don't know. And then all of a sudden, I was like, well, she would have gotten the buzz, surely. It's like, what is the buzz for? <laughs> right. Yeah. If not to prevent situations exactly like this. I wish the like, buzz, like, blubbed. Like, when she got the buzz underwater, what? it sounded, like, underwatery. It just, and then when she comes up from the water, it goes back to normal. That would be fun. They should have done that. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yep. actually, actually, when you're underwater, it just plays the Jaws theme. <laughs> Buzzes. So Mei Ling wants to get her sword. She's like, "This should be fair." And he's like, "I don't want you to get your sword. I just want your head." And then whoosh! Yeah, he takes her head. This is fucking violent. Yeah, there's a lot of blood. There's just a headless body and just yeah, oodles of blood. Yep, just flowing out everywhere. So, what did you guys think the first time you saw this guy, Michael Christian? I don't know. I don't know. I was like, he looks like a artificially grown Richie or something yeah, like that. He does. He's like a Richie clone. <laughs> yeah. But like, clone. it doesn't quite copyright. 
He yeah. like looks weirdly young. Like I expected him to have pimples. <laughs> I don't know. What well, I mean, I think he's supposed to be pretty young. Yeah, he does look kind of like a uh, like a goober from high school or something. I found just it's pronounced prof- Giver. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I just had a profoundly non-threatening looking. Oh, it's de- like oh, he's got his dad's trench coat, mm-hmm. and here he is, comes to like go peep on a woman in a bathing suit. Yep. There we go. I don't know. I yeah. just had a strong negative reaction to this. No, definitely. So we cut to later in like a motorhome, and there's this older woman, uh, Rita. She was there watching the quickening right. when um, Malin gets decapitated. So she is like massaging Christian, and she's mm-hmm. like, oh, like it's all about waiting for the right time. And this like, is so creepy. Right. Oh, yeah. She's like a cougar, I guess, maybe. <laughs> Cougar town. I, I don't know. She's like giving him this like kind of seductive background, and she's like, "And only move when you're ready, and also always be ready." <laughs> right yeah, now. which is the dumbest advice I've ever heard. It's well, like, and it sounds like <laughs> so move all the time is what she's yeah. saying. If you're always ready, you're always moving. moving. Yeah, <laughs> so there's no time not to move because you're always ready. That's right. And then she. Tries to hit him Comes at him with a fucking iron, and he grabs her wrist, and you can see a watcher tattoo right. on her wrist. Uh-huh. Watcher tattoo. So this whole thing is weird, and like, guys, this is the first time to pose this question. Are they fucking? Yes. They fucking. They're fucking. All okay. the time. Right? Constantly. Oh, yeah. This is yeah. like weirdly sexually charged. It's gross. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's I, and it gets weirder later, because there's another layer to this. Yeah. Yeah. I read like, always be ready also as like an innuendo or something. Is that oh. just me? Oh. It is now. <laughs> okay. Yep. okay. I, well, it's also it's right before she attempts to club him with a yeah. iron. But she's like massaging him. Oh boy! All right. So now we cut to Joe's, uh, and he's doing like inventory. Like nice to know he's like actually managing the bar. And so we get uh, our introduction to Ian Bancroft, who orders a Glenmorangie. Wish he had ordered a double Glenmorangie on the rocks, yeah. just for old time. But sake, but we do get to meet uh the bartender again this is the bartender mike and oh. kyle oh look there's two mics in this episode oh, God, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> why are there two mics in one episode i don't know like have we ever been told the bartender's name before no nope. i mentioned it to you I, I had a note i mentioned it to you in the episode courage because i think his name's mentioned in the script and i was like hey do you think he's a watcher and kyle you were like you fucking idiot he isn't Bam, he is. So just you wait until we find out about the second floor entrance. I'll be right about that one, too. (laughs) I mean, is that the same guy? Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't think it is. I I am not sure it's the same guy. I think it is. Also, I was kind of wondering, do, like, all the watchers, like, work in pairs? Like, like, is this, like, Joe's, like, lackey? Like, didn't he have, what, Peter in the bookstore who got killed? Peter. So I wonder if Mike's is just, like, his His, schlub. His bar schlub. Yeah, Yeah. like... Ah, you you stock the shelves. Yeah, you know you can watch the fucking beers. <laughs> yeah, watch the register, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, apparently, so many immortals go to Joe's. You might as well just have someone camped out there all the time. Yeah, right? really. But no, I don't know why there are two mics in this episode. Insofar as you wanted to introduce this guy, give him a different, different goddamn name, name. Yeah. or don't yeah. call him Michael Christian. That's not exactly like lighting my world on fire. No. Yeah, it's no like Laszlo, <laughs> Laszlo. Zoltan Laszlo, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's no Zoltan Laszlo. Like it's not exactly a distinct name. Call him William. Yeah, or Chris, <laughs> or yeah. Christopher, Chris Christopher, Christian, Chris Christian. Yeah, that's there just call him Chris Christie. Then. 
close a bridge in vengeance. There we go. Uh, so we get a little Easter egg about Joe. I don't know if anyone noticed this. So Ian's like, oh, you can't take the boy out of Chicago or whatever. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is like the second Chicago reference to Joe. So I'll, I'll stand by. Joe's from Chicago. If anyone remembers in Counterfeit 2, we had a whole discussion about like, Joe was like, oh, the pigeons look like the same in Paris. as, the, Or the, he was like, even the pigeons look better in Paris than they did in Chicago. And we're like, is Joe from Chicago? Here's another Chicago reference. So Joe is from Chicago. Chicago. You're the only Chicago. person who can get away with calling me boy. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, that was weird. So Ian's like, I'm here because of reassignment. Joe's like, who's getting reassigned? It's like, I am. So Ian mm-hmm. is was Mei Ling's watcher. Follow-up question of that. Why does his reassignment involve him being here? Yeah. Like, why did he have to come all the way back to Seacouver? Yeah. Like, why, like, why spend a bunch of money to, like, leave to China? come from fucking Hong Kong <laughs> to Seacouver. They couldn't have just called him up and said, hey, why don't you, like... There's not another uh, uh, immortal in China? No, there's only, like, two billion people there. <laughs> <laughs> None of them are immortal. They're all in Seacouver. Is Watcher headquarters in Seacouver? Well, that's the follow-up question. The two questions I had is, one... Is Joe supposed to reassign him uh, for some reason? Maybe. Or is the Watcher HQ there, and that's the reason? But we do find out later where the Watcher HQ is. Oh, we do? Yes. In this season? Mm, no, I don't I don't remember if it's this mm. season. Maybe next season. Mm. It's it's not in Seacouper. <laughs> right. So it's like, mm. what the fudge is he doing here? I don't know. He wanted a beer, I guess. He just. He's, <laughs> I mean, I'm totally fine if he's just like, well, maybe he's from here. He's just like, oh, I just yeah. wanted to come back before I get reassigned. Isn't yeah. he British? British. Or no. I mean, people live oh, well, other he said places. He's from, I guess so. All right. So we cut to later that night, and there is a Watcher card game going on. I kind of like this This idea. is cool. Like, I just like everyone chumming around. And... I love this. Yeah. I was so excited for this part of the episode. This entire scene is the high watermark for me. Mm-hmm. I yeah. thought this episode was going to be dynamite. Unfortunately, that dynamite has a cuttable wick. Yeah, this episode could literally just be the card game to cutaways, not fucking reused footage either, but like oh, actual new footage. I didn't think about of that. just some stories, like little vignettes would have been amazing. That would have been perfect. That would have been so good. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. But instead, we get to see a lot of footage we have already <sighs> seen before. I mean. And a lot of it. Don't worry. We're going to tally it all up for you. So we talked to Maureen and Justin, who's a Watcher couple. And I guess they're talking about their immortal... Their immortal rights romance, romance novels. novels. Their and boy Trent. Trent. Yeah. <laughs> Is this Trent Lott? Yeah. So I guess he's unpracticed, which gets mentioned, uh, Ooh, which Rita R- takes Rita, notice. Rita yeah. Repulsa shows up, and she just kind yeah. of like awkwardly gawks at this card game. Right. Yeah, Rita is at this card game. I don't know if we said that. We just did. Yeah, no, yeah. we did. And I'm sorry. And, <laughs> so they're like, "Oh, I'm surprised if uh, Trent could even use a sword now." They start talking about like you know uh, they use the card game as like an analogy. Like you never know what's going to happen until you get the last card. Uh, and then they bring up Grayson. Like I don't know how Mac turned that one around. And then Joe says, "I only saw the beginning. Looked like McLeod was finished, and I didn't want to stick around." It's like Joe, do your job. That's literally your job to find out what happened. What yeah. happened? Like to watch. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, fuck it." And he just leaves. It's like this is what. Ah, come on, do your job. Oh, I can't remember the chronology. Did Joe know Mac at that point? No, that is before that's Joe's introduction. One, yeah. Right. So this is like uh, retcon. So Joe it? was in Paris. Right, that was no, in that Paris? was in Seacouver. That was in Seacouver. The episode opens in Paris, though, right? Maybe, yeah. That's like the crossover episode. I see. Got it. So then we get a, then we get a flashback to 
the entire the whole fight, in, including the quickening. They yeah. have to show everything. They couldn't have even edited this edited this down into like a, just a concise little yeah thing. Listen, I like this fight. It's a great fight. This fight's dope. Well, yeah. you know what I was thinking? Best, I was. I, this is the best fight of season one. Oh, yeah. for sure. But I actually watching this entire fight again. I was like, oh, like the choreography has come a long way. Yeah. Like to me, this fight seemed a little slow. It's a little like you can Clunky. feel it's a little choreographed. Yeah. Like it feels very. Uh, intentional all the moves and i was like mm. man like everybody like the choreography's gotten better adrian paul's gotten better they're expecting a lot out of these sword fights now which i think is pretty cool so it's neat yeah. to see an old one and it's, 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 it's neat to see a fight on a giant pile of corn yeah. uh, also i don't think we talked about in band of Brother, brothers it's the, actually sulfur i don't think we talked about <laughs> <In Band of Brothers. laughs> tell me this ken gord uh i don't think it's about in band of brothers the weird teeth lick Oh, that yeah. Grayson does? No. I, I don't, don't think we discussed that. At some point when, like... The it's fr- creepy. It's early in the fight when it's clear, like, Grayson has the momentum. He just, like, licks the top of his teeth. Like, I don't know. It's gross. It's got, like, a Miley Cyrus character, if you've seen that <laughs> yeah, it, picture it, of her. I thought of the Wrecking Ball video. Grayson in the Wrecking Ball oh, video. Oh, there we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got those Wrecking Balls. Uh, <laughs> also... Can we talk about the absolute worst part of this whole thing? Sure. sure. The shot that they added. They added a shot? How did you guys miss this? I kind of toned it, zoned out when they were showing the entire fucking <laughs> yeah. thing. What God, shot did guys, they Guys, we're add? the fucking rewatchers. Well, all right, well, do <laughs> it. Tell us. watch it. They cut in a shot of Joe, his legs. They cut in a shot of his legs against the background of, like, these silos, and it's very sloppy. Like, you can tell really? that he's not, like, on set. Like, it's really awkward. They're I just totally like, missed that. And it's like, you too. see two legs and a cane, and they're on screen for a couple seconds, and then they walk off screen. That's Holy shit. crazy. Yeah. It's so dumb. Well, I, mean, I, I was, like, angry oh, when it happened. Wow. I was I, like, don't convince me that this happened. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. if you're going to do it, like, at least make it look real. It just looks super cheesy. Yikes. Guess I did the same as Keith and just kind of checked out. Well, you know why I checked out? This flashback starts at... Minute seven fifty eight and ends at eleven oh one. This is three minutes and three <sighs> seconds of padding. Yowza! And it, this is not the last. No. <laughs> okay, so we cut to the present after we see all of this, and so Rita's like, oh, "I guess the lesson is never underestimate McCloud." And she's like, oh, "It doesn't seem like he has any weaknesses." Mm. She's so she's so clearly fishing. <laughs> yeah, right. this thing, I would already be like, "Who are you? Please leave." Right. Yeah. Also, she's just a downer. She's, like, yeah. really not adding anything, anything to this group dynamic. She kind of flips out, and this is the clip we played at the top of the episode, and she's like, because she's rooting for her guy, I guess, and Joe defends her, but she's like, these people aren't just, like, cards in a game. Like, Yeah, because Ian's ragging on her that, you know, she sounds like she's lost her objectivity, right. that she's too close to her yeah. watcher, or to her watch E. Mm-hmm. Yeah, watch E. When she's ripping up the cards, she's like, this one is Darius, this one is Xavier. <laughs> Right. Is this where we find out that Ian was Darius's watch? Oh, yeah. Yes, we do. So that's, a, I mean, that's I think that cool. stuff is cool. They yeah. sprinkle that in there. Yeah. The, why does she include Xavier St. Cloud in that list? Yeah, yeah fuck him. This, this one is like a saintly person who helps everyone. This one is a murderer yeah. <laughs> and war criminal yeah. Like, yeah. with a pirate hook yeah. hand. <laughs> <laughs> this one is that pirate hook hand man who sang those songs I liked. This <laughs> is the finest young cannibal. Yeah, this fine young cannibal. <laughs> all right, so after Killing this... all these immortals drives me crazy. <laughs> ooh, ooh. ooh, ooh. Uh, so after this... Objectivity. Objectivity. 
She storms out, and then we cut to Max Loft, and Joe's coming up in the elevator. Max cleaning some what sort of chest. What is Max doing? I don't know. He's got a bandana on. I think he's, on. like, varnishing it or I think something. so. In a closed apartment. He so looks like Al Pacino from <laughs> that one movie with Michelle Pfeiffer. I don't remember what it's called. But he always has, like, a, a bandana on. That's what Mac looks like. I'm, I can't know, even imagine. You know, you know what he's doing? What? He's cleaning up from the, from the quickening oh, in shit. shadows. Because <laughs> he, he blew up all of his liquor and green his beans. house <laughs> exploded. Yeah. So he's, got a, he's got to varnish some shit in response. Law and order fanatic. Joe is there to tell Mac that Mei Ling has died. And he brings Mac a chronicle? This seems unnecessary. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, here you go. And it's for Mac to read about his own adventures with Mei Ling. Like, I'm not... It's actually called The Adventures of Mac and Mei Ling. Yeah. <laughs> it's this weird device to, like, trigger a flashback. But it's Mac's own memories. So I, it's very strange. I don't know why they've got this book. I yeah, think... I, don't, I don't hate it. Yeah. I just don't, no. I just don't get why it was necessary. I, I think it's only so Mac can return the book later. Yeah. And stop by Joe's. They actually made a movie about this. Mac yeah. and May? <laughs> Is that a Marley and Me? That's no, the, it's a yeah, McDonald's this, movie. There's this movie called Mac and Me where uh, this little boy befriends an alien. It's like oh, a ripoff of E.T. But there, it's all about McDonald's, though. This is a movie made by McDonald's. Is it, it is? Does he have, like, Rocky? Wait, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, no. Half that movie takes place in McDonald's or, uh, like, a Sears. Uh, no, that, that movie is funded by McDonald's. Sears and Me is not as good a title. Watch that again. It's all There's, like, a dance sequence in a McDonald's in that movie. I'm loving it. Does the kid, does the kid have, like, rocket inline skates at some point? Doesn't somebody get dumped off a cliff in, like, a, in a, in a wheelchair or something at some point? Yes. It's very funny. Oh, I, that is a movie, and it might be the one we're thinking of. <laughs> I thought Wheels was from the Burger King Kids Club. Oh, boy. I know what you're talking about. They're diverse cast. Yep. The kids. The BK. Kids the BK kids. Kid vid. So one thing that would have made more sense is if some portion of this flashback did not involve Mac. Right. Like, if we see Mac interacting, and then maybe we see some meaningful moment mm-hmm. that happens afterwards that Mac wouldn't have been privy to, which would have inspired Joe to make him want to see it. Yeah. I think that would have been perfect. Yeah. It's like, oh, here's this extra ingredient that Mac didn't have. Right. that special. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, we had a guy in Mongolia, which we'll eventually see at some point. Also, he mentions who killed Mei Ling, which was Michael Christian, and he's a new immortal, we get to find out, and that he'd only become immortal like 20 years ago, so like 1975. So that gives us our backstory on him. So now we know he's like a young one. A youngling? Uh, yep, a youngling. Uh, so we flash back to Mongolia in 1780. Um, I was wondering, is Mac on his way back from Japan at this point? He's already been to Japan. Right. So is he coming Recently. back across the continent? I think so. I think that's what we're supposed to think. I, think I, I feel like there's something in the timeline later where he goes then the opposite direction and comes to, like, California or... Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Who or maybe, maybe he comes there with, like, Chinese migrants or something. Mm-hmm. This looks pretty know. cool. I think... I'm, I'm, like, buying that this is, like, China. Like, they found a nice place to shoot this. Yeah. I'm with I thought. That. I thought it looks great. Yeah. Uh, they have these, like, yurts all set up. They have these so, what? Yurts? Is that what they're called? Sure. Or tents? Yeah, there's, like, tents. Yeah, okay. I think that's a yurt. I don't know. I'm just not familiar with the term yurt. That wasn't either. It's like a weird, like portable tent thing. Mm-hmm. Mongolian version of like a teepee. Yeah, mm. yeah. So Max shows up. He seems to be wandering, and he mm. wanders in. Well, we see a watcher there. Yeah, they've got like a watcher medallion on. He's mm. refereeing a wrestling match. Yeah. So yeah. Max sees this wrestling match and like decides he's gonna fight in it or yeah. whatever. Wrestle. So Mac asks, I guess this watcher guy, he's there to learn what is it, the white crane technique. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I was like, whatever this is, sounds awesome. I would watch an entire Kung Fu episode about Mac. Well, I yeah. wish we got a special move out of this, which would have been cool to use, especially because at the end of the episode, Mac gets disarmed. So this white yeah. crane technique is the thing that could let him win, mm-hmm. maybe. Sadly, we don't get that. <laughs> no. There's, I have a lot of thoughts about the way this episode ends that we will come back to. But I want to pause on the Watcher. We've seen this Watcher before, but have he we? wasn't a Watcher. He was the priest in... Uh, Revenge of the Sword. Was he really? Mm-hmm. Whoa, good call. Nice yeah, catch, yeah. Eamon. When they have that 45-minute like <laughs> philosophical discussion. That's the guy. That's the guy. He's back. He's back, baby. <laughs> Eamon, did you notice Mac has a scabbard in this? I did notice it's that. It's about time. It's, yeah. been, it's been filmed. <laughs> it's, yeah, is this Finally. the first time they filmed the scabbard? Yes. <laughs> I want to say this is the first time his sword has been sheathed. People at home, tell us if we're wrong, but I think you are right. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, finally, it's always just out. He's always just busting it out. So Such Matt goes to the edge of the village and finds Mei Ling, who is the person that is the master of this. And he, we find out that he, Mac was actually sent by Kim Sum, which is another little Easter egg. Yeah. Uh, from the, what, second episode of Highlander? Third episode? Yeah. One, no, one not of, second. One of those. Third, maybe? It was an early third. season third, one. Yeah. Because the fourth one's the one they say the N-word in. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mei Ling was a student of Kim Sun. No, other way around. around. Kim Sun was was a student. And he was a bad student, apparently, which is a funny little... Unsurprising. Yeah. Dope. Yep. (laughs) Uh, So I guess Mac is surprised that this is like the master. It's like playing on this like, oh, but you're a woman sort of thing. Meh. Yeah, I feel like they've done this bit already. Yeah. But you're you're English (laughs) and you're women. So we cut to later, and Mac is training with her, and she's like, oh, you have to be like a reed in the wind. We get all this sort of like Eastern philosophy stuff. Then Mac gets kicked in the nards, which is good. Yeah, because he's trying to get fresh. He's like, ooh, hubba hubba. So she's like, you sound like you've been trained by a samurai or something. And then we get a flashback. Can we just get back to him getting kicked in the nuts, guys? Over and over. Ooh, what's that maneuver called? Maybe that's the white crane technique. That's the real white crane technique. I think it might be called, like, uh, monkey smashes peach. (laughs) (laughs) Monkey clunks two walnuts together. (laughs) All right, so we see the training sequence from the samurai, and this starts at 1905 and goes to 2002. We get... 57 seconds of this flashback. That's not all we get, though, because there's like a cut in in the middle where they talk. And then go, and then and then go cut back. back for another minute and 39 seconds, oh, which is God. where Mac kills uh, Hideo. Hideo Koto. What did you guys think of like their kung fu fighting between the two of them? Looked bad. It does not. I thought the same. It looked like the footage was kind of sped up. Yeah, and like some of the moves, each and... it, like Mei Ling would like throw a punch, and like then he would block it. Like yeah. it wasn't like it, it was very timed. She would basically be punching at the air, then yeah. he would put up a block. It wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, it just didn't read. I was like, I do not buy that this woman is like a great kung fu master. Nope. Or that these people have chemistry. <laughs> didn't buy that either. Yeah. yeah. No. This is, is weird. Like we already saw this in the samurai, I guess. And yeah. I, I just don't know what exactly we're getting out of this. Like, what is this adding to the training that Matt got in the samurai? Other than just like learning some kung fu. Like, I feel like we didn't necessarily see any big character changes or philosophical changes. Like, it was just kind of more the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess. Well, we don't get much time spent on this. Mm-mm. I feel like there are things that they could have incorporated here. Because Mac does do a lot of this more, like, spiritual kind of stuff that we don't see him picking up from Hideo. Yeah. And they also seemingly felt the need to explain, like, okay, he's not 
just doing like karate or like is he doing like judo at some point with Hideo? Yeah. He's not just doing yeah. like a Japanese martial art. He clearly has like kung fu mixed in there. So he's like getting it here. Mm-hmm. But they spend no time on it and it doesn't feel meaningful. Yeah. Like it feels pretty like perfunctory. I feel like they could have played up the fact that like he has had some training now. Like he's not going from zero to five. Mm-hmm. He's like trying to go from like five to seven. Or something like that. He should have seemed more competent and like more engaged in what she was doing because he was already, he'd already learned something. Right. Instead, it's just a repeat. It just of, feels like a wasted opportunity yeah. for like, to have, I mean, like, I like the idea of Mac having multiple teachers across time. That's a good thing. It's a great Mac trope. seems like he would learn all throughout history. And this character was deserving of more. I think if we just spent a whole episode with her, it would have been okay. Or maybe like Mac expanding his horizons on women, like having yeah. stuff to offer. Other than romance, which, spoiler alert, that's where this goes. Yep. Yeah. So it's just like, it all just feels trivial. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know. They don't let this character be a fully realized character. They don't even, like, put Mac in a position where he learns something genuine. Nope. Just filler. Yeah. Training filler. You know what they uh, could have used that extra two minutes of reused samurai footage for? To develop what we're talking about. It would have <laughs> yeah. taken that much more than, a, like, you take out all these flashbacks, you probably have enough real estate to do this. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is such a bummer, too, because, like, I can think these, like, there's a bunch of yurts, there's a bunch of extras, a bunch of costumes. This feels like that uh, that flashback to the from Back to yeah. the Future 3. Like, they had they did all this work. Obsession. And it was all elaborate for, like, nothing. For nothing, yeah. And it's like, oh, I, I wish, if they spent all this money and time developing this scene, that it was, like, really impactful in the story. And it's not. Like, I don't know, I know nothing about this culture or, like, how their tents are set up, but it looked really, like, authentic. Yeah. Like, it looked great. Mm-hmm. And, as you said, meh. Yeah. Like, nothing. I bought in that I was in charge. Like, I felt like I was there. Like, it yeah. gives you a good feeling. It's like, ah, this feels real. Yeah. Well, I think you just got that from the wrestling. Yeah, that's it. Because you wanted to feel, see Mac, like, feel up on that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Which, also, we didn't talk about that. Mac gets housed by this yeah. wrestler. Instantly. Yeah. Instantly. It's awesome, yeah. actually. And, like, I was half expecting that to come back in some way. Right. But it was funny. We eventually cut back to the present, and we're in the motor home. And Christian is asking Rita, like, why am I going after Trent? Why? Why I want to go after McLeod. Like, McLeod's, like, the big fish in the pond. And Rita's like, well, it's not the right time for McLeod. It's the right time for... Trent and she serves him like I guess shitty pancakes because Trent one giant pancake <laughs> Christian like picks it up and like throws it down it's amazing he's like Ugh. also he's just like a petulant child he's been an immortal for 20 years you're effectively a middle-aged man yeah yeah he's, he's like, like at most like 40 tops that's middle-aged no 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 that's what I'm saying and she's older than that I guess yeah I would think so as so well. she slaps him which is nuts baby only hit you because I love uh, you yeah one more thing she's like it's so nice to have a real kitchen <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's like in their like motor repulsa you're in a fucking trailer yeah <laughs> like what do you mean this where is were they staying kitchen? before I don't know they like just hotels? had a hot plate or, I don't know. Like, you can't that's spring, a great point you can't <laughs> spring for a hotel that has at least as respectable a kitchen as this bullshit maybe Rita lives in like a studio apartment and she only has like a microwave and a toaster oven <laughs> What kind of stu- like? What's the rental market like in Seacouver? Because oh, I've got I a shitty know. studio in Philly, and I've got a real oven. Maybe Rita lives on one of those floors in Mac's uh, gym building. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We haven't it's, talked about that. It's yeah. just a shower. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we cut to Joe's bar, and Joe's telling Ian that maybe it was like a little harsh on Rita, and then he says. After her son died, Christian became more important to her. So it's like, hold on. This adds Uh a whole other weird layer. Her son that she's fucking? Right, exactly. Like, what is this? 
Well, her son who she wanted to fuck is dead. Right. <laughs> so she adopted a son and then fucked him. Oh. <laughs> this yeah, is some, weird. Ugh. There's some like weird reverse edible stuff going on. I mean, here. I think this would all be fine if they didn't have like a weird sexual chemistry it would yeah. seem together. Like if she just acted like his mom, mm-hmm. I would be okay with that. Right. But yeah, and I'm, I'm honestly even fine that there's like a weird sexual chemistry between them two. I mean, well, like, then what's different? <laughs> you just said no, no. no if if there wasn't this, if there wasn't this son element. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Like, cut one or the other, but right. th- to have both of these is just like. Ugh. Were they like trying not to do the sexy thing, but then it just came through somehow? I don't that make us love the back. It, was, it seems so. Oh, they're yeah, too they're touchy. Yeah. yeah, you'd be dead without me. Yes, yeah, so this is like a weird semi-abusive symbiotic relationship. It's weird. Venom. Yeah, she's actually just a venom parasite. Mm-hmm. So Joe says, like, well, you must have felt the same way about Darius. You've been watching Darius for 30 years. Right. Didn't you get attached? And Darius was different. There we go. And then we get a flashback. Oh, God. So uh, from multiple different episodes, right? They, like, create, like, a hybrid flashback. Yeah, they create, like, the ultimate Darius cut. <laughs> the Darius tapes. <laughs> This is, like, at minimum, the second Darius montage we've I think it's the fourth. (laughs) Honestly, I believe it to be the fourth. And they're all, like, different montages, too. Like, they keep creating new ones. Listen, I love Darius, one of my favorite characters of the series Really only in, like, six episodes, Six episodes. Yeah. He's been almost in as many episodes in weird flashbacks as he's been in episodes. Yeah. Come on. Stop. Stop. (laughs) All right. So... This flashback is another minute and 18 seconds. And at least we get the good Darius scream. I was, Darius! I was in it for that. Yeah, we get like... We, the, only we get first a cut of Grayson confronting Darius. Yeah. Dog, do you mm-hmm. want to kill me so badly? So we've seen almost all of Band of Brothers at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and then it cuts to Horton and company yep. rolling in on the church to whack Darius. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, and then cuts to the max yeah. scream. Yeah. We only get one of them, though. We don't get both Darius screams. That's true. You have to watch the real episode, The Hunters, for that. Yeah, you got to keep, they got to leave something dangling <laughs> for the fans <laughs> to go. Leave something dangling. That's actually the name of that kung fu move. Darkness 60, leave something dangling. <laughs> okay, so we cut to the present. Mac, Mac just walks into Joe's. Yep. And Ian's and Joe's in there. like, oh, Fuck. (laughs) I like that Max, he he did not warn anybody about, like, this scenario. Like, guys, steer clear. The boss is in town. Yeah. I don't know if Ian's the boss or not. He seems like the boss. He kind of acts like the boss, but he's just a guy. Yeah. He's just watching people. Ooh, good question. Who is the boss? Also, side point. Is, like, seniority somehow playing into your assignments? Ooh. Mayling's obviously very ancient. Right. And so well, was Darius. See, and Darius is like ultra ancient. And Ian got the good ones, I guess. Yeah, exactly. He got the good assignment. Joe's pretty senior. Like McLeod's seen as like a real player, like a real significant force in the game who's like unlikely to be whacked anytime soon. Mm. Whereas like some of these other people who seem much younger, like that couple watching Trent seems like they're real young. They're just watching like a nebbish librarian who does right. very little. Rita Repulsa has this 20 year old. <laughs> That's a good point. Just thinking aloud. So mm. Matt comes in to return. Well, not to return. No, I'm sorry. To take. Yeah. To, oh, conti- has- to continue holding the Chronicle. Right. <laughs> Do you mind if I continue holding this for another 24 hours? Yeah, sure, Mac. I brought it with me in case you said no. Yeah. That's considerate. Yeah, that's right. He's like, I'm going to leave town for a few days. Can yeah. I keep this book? For a day. He only is leaving for so a day. So he's asking permission to hold this for one extra day. <laughs> yeah. 
When <laughs> did, I, did Joe give him like a a, a deadline on this book? If this you want to hold it for an extra day, you gotta let me know. Yeah. You gotta leave a security deposit. <laughs> yeah. Leave your leave a credit card here. <laughs> leave some collateral. Yeah. Give me one of your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so Ian this whole time is like a gape and he's, he's like <laughs> ready to fucking flip out and then he does yeah he flips his shit and so Joe was like well what was I supposed to do like take a cyanide caplet when he discovered me you should have been reassigned you gave an immortal one of our chronicles that's that, that is a little like that's the second chronicle Max got in his dirty hands on yeah, yeah. again these books are so old like yep. You cannot carry this around. At least around. they didn't block a dart with this one. <laughs> oh, that's right. This one's not that old. It's still from. It's still at least two hundred years old, right? But it's, you it's, should it's wear gloves too, when you handle it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah I, I don't mean, know. It's the other one he got was like from the eighth century. Yeah. That's way different. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He has that's his oily hands all over it. I keep, like, and he's just like whole. It's not in a bag. It's not in his pocket. And how did Joe get this chronicle? Where's Joe keeping this? thing? He's working with the Watchers, yeah. baby. This isn't Joe has vault? access to the archives. <laughs> yeah, Joe I, Dawson. I, I totally buy that he has access to the archives. <laughs> hey, D. He set up their accounting software. Remember. <laughs> Sure, yeah. Don't, do we I, not remember that? I do remember. Yeah. This is QuickBooks. <laughs> <laughs> from Quicken Loans. So then we get a good line from Quicken Joe. Quicken Loans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. We get a good line from Joe. He's like, sometimes you have to do more than watch. Ooh. Yeah, and then we get a flashback. A Ooh. Oh, good. It's very voyeuristic. This so whole thing. on Holy Alliance, part dose. And so oh, we get a good. minute and seven seconds of Joe blasting Horton off the boat in the funniest. Like when Joe <laughs> shoots Horton, yeah. Horton like dives off the boat, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> The Highlander Rewatch podcast needs your help. Help your favorite Highlander podcast bring you all the up-to-date coverage, interviews, panels, exclusive videos, and more from the official Highlander 25th Anniversary Gathering Convention this October 20th through 22nd in Los Angeles. We promise to bring you the best in Highlander content and we'll give you an inside intimate look at the amazing world of Highlander in the way only Highlander Rewatch knows how. Highlander Rewatched is a labor of love and does require a huge time and financial commitment from us, the hosts. Every dollar helps us bring you bigger, better, and more exciting free content every week. Please donate today and be part of the movement that is Highlander Rewatched. Every donation also gets you an exclusive shout out on our show too. If you would like to donate to our GoFundMe, head on over to www.gofundme.com backslash Highlander dash Rewatched dash gathering or just find the link on our facebook page this week we want to give a big thanks to liz s for her donation to our gofundme liz has been one of our biggest supporters since the very beginning and even lent us her museum studies expertise and appeared on our podcast episode farah's daughter liz is one of the co-hosts of the foxes in the hen house podcast every week here co-hosts caitlin mindy karen and liz discuss games movies comics and other geeky topics usually over drinks thanks again for your donation liz you host a great podcast and everyone should check out the foxes in the hen house podcast on your favorite podcasting app i listen every week and it's great thanks liz once again if you would like to donate to our gofundme head on over to www.gofundme.com backslash highlander dash rewatched dash gathering or find the link on our facebook page our sincerest thanks for supporting us and being on this journey together with us back to the show
We cut back to Joe's in the present, uh, and Joe's saying that everything isn't black and white, and Ian is like, this is. What do you guys think about this whole dynamic? Like, is Joe crossing the line? <sighs> yes. The answer is yes. I mean, Mac is the hero of the show, so that's all well and good. Like, obviously, if you're going to help someone, it's great that it's Mac and not Xavier. Right. Or, like, this asshat Michael Christian. <laughs> yeah. Joe that- is interfering. But like, he's, he's absolutely time. interfering. It's like yeah. he told him that unprovoked that Michael Christian killed Mei Ling. He just gave Mac this information because he thought Mac would want it. Yeah. Is Michael Christian evil? I don't know. Maybe. Mac didn't seem to think Kenny was evil for playing the game. He's just trying to survive. What voice yeah. is that? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who, what character is it? Oh. He's just muddy in the waters. And, yeah. like, he helps him with Garrick. He helps him with all these different immortals just to help him win the game. And I'm pretty sure he, like, when, when Quentin Barnes was back, he was like, McLeod, you got to take out Quentin Barnes. Right. Right? Yeah, he even comes, like, go get this guy. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's like that's, that guy had nothing to do with Mac at that point yeah, in the yeah. story. He was just like, we got to eliminate him. Yeah. yeah. That's Josh. Uh, that's Josh. That's right. <laughs> Josh. Josh. Joe's clearly crossed the line. Yeah. yeah. Which and I'm I fine with. That, I think that we root for him for doing that. Yeah. But like, he's definitely like abusing privileged information. Like, yeah. clearly, you're not supposed to be doing what he's doing because Rita's doing that. He's yeah. doing the same thing Rita is. The only difference is that like, She's kind of an amoral scuzzball, and, like, Mac and Joe are good. But, like, they're doing the same thing. Yeah, Mac and Joe are, like, doing what they think is right, whereas Rita is just jockeying to help Michael Christian win the game. Right, yes. Though, for the most part, a lot of times Joe is just helping Mac, like, a lot of times. Cross of St. Antoine, they're just, like, helping each other to whack this immortal. Well, but he did kill Joe's girlfriend. That's also true. That's also true. You're going to help me get this son of a bitch. (laughs) I I wish we did get a little more character of Michael Christian, like, because we don't know if he's bad or good. I'm pretty neutral on him. He doesn't seem like a bad guy. Other than, I guess, maybe taking advantage of kind of privileged information. He seems to and, like, revel killing. in, like, killing innocent. Yeah. And killing people when they're defenseless. Like, yeah, he's killing, that's no he's good, de- That's definitely dishonorable. Yeah. Like, he's not going around just trying to play the game. He's going around trying to, like, pick off helpless people. Right. That's certainly a little grimy, if not evil. Before we move on, I don't know what inspired me to write this about Rita Repulsa. I just wrote, are her teeth real? <laughs> Well, <laughs> I don't know what inspired me to write that around this point, but uh, in a just, couple scenes, just a question. I wrote the note. She looks like a cast member of Zubily Zoo. She kind of looks like a cat person. <laughs> she has oh, she, very big cheeks. Like she'd she have whiskers. She definitely. Well, I thought you meant like she's a cat lady. Oh. No, I think she's like a cat person. Like from cats. Like she's one of those people that gets like body mods to be a cat. My Whoa. Cat oh, <laughs> really like, t- you're really taking this to the next she level. She is a cat person. <laughs> Since you mentioned Zoobly Zoo, also, quick. Wow, that's the first time I thought of Zoobly Zoo in. I don't know when. I don't think I've ever thought about Zoobly Zoo. In kindergarten, I had a Zoobly Zoo tape, and I brought it in for the class to watch, and a kid came over to me and said, Zoobly Zoo, we're not in preschool. What? <laughs> that's amazing. In kindergarten, I was being made fun of for the things I enjoyed. It started then. It started early. then? Yep. Guess he wasn't a Ben it Vereen Never, fan. never ended. Ben Vereen is a, a, a an good American icon. En- entertainer. Tony Award winning Ben Vereen. <laughs> yeah. God damn it, guys. Vereen. <laughs> he was also there's, in that there's movie. There's some kind of Wolverine mashup here. Yeah, that the I Ben can... Vereen. Yeah, if you Google image search that, yeah. which I have done, uh, someone has made a Wolverine Ben Vereen mashup. That's good. <laughs> He's the Ben there is at what he does. Uh... <laughs> and what he does isn't very nice. <laughs> 
Okay, so we cut to Max Loft. Max getting a drink. Uh, did anyone notice the camera pans over those giant rocks that Benny Kilbasa was making fun of? <laughs> They're still there. <laughs> oh, Kilbasa. Uh, so we see the Watcher Chronicle, and we get another flashback. We flash back to Mongolia, 1780, Mei Ling and Mac are sparring. Great, and the sparks are flying. <laughs> yeah. They oh, and this, this is where she hits right? Yeah, nuts. this is where the Nards happen. Are they like helium? Because there is no chemistry going yeah. on. <laughs> yes, they are. Noble That's gas right. jokes. Yep. When he gets kicked in the balls, a hawk screeches. Did anyone yeah. notice yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, there's a lot of hawk screeching in this episode in general. Also, there's several hawk screeches. I like that when Mac is having a drink reminiscing about Mei Ling, this is the flashback he's reminiscing about. <laughs> like, getting, getting, getting kicked, kicked in, in the nuts. nuts. Yeah. <laughs> oh, remember that time <laughs> you I, I obliterated actually, my testes. Yeah, I think that is something he'd remember. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely memorable. Yeah. Ooh, okay, so the hawk has to be involved in the kung fu name. Is it called, like, Hawkplex Trout? Hawkplex <laughs> <laughs> Trout, that's good. All right, so we cut to later that night, and Mac and Mei Ling are around the fire. Uh, your training is over. The student has to leave, but perhaps the man will remain. What the fuck does that mean? Also, did you buy into Mac learning a single goddamn thing in this time? So I nope. checked. So apparently there was a scene cut where like Mac is doing like a kata and I guess she's like observing him mm. and like she's seeing, I guess, how good he's got. Looking at the sinews. And then this is supposed to, yeah, <laughs> this is supposed to come after that. I agree, Kyle. I don't know exactly what Mac's problem was when he first came and where he ended. Like, unlike the samurai where we're like, oh, he's like clumsy. Like, I mean, he learns all sorts of stuff about honor, about actual like hand-to-hand combat and swordplay. Other cultures. Yeah. And we see his progression through that episode. In this, I'm not sure where the starting point is and the end point is, which also I think makes it tough to even know what the time period is. Like, every time they cut and do another flashback with Mei Ling, I'm like... Is this like the next day? Is this months later? It seems like, like he's there I have for no, an I have afternoon. No, yeah, I have like, no barometer to gauge his growth. He's there long enough to get that sweet coat. Yeah. Mm. He is wearing that awesome, he's like a kung fu preacher. It's yeah. dope. <laughs> uh, that is a good coat. Also, when she obliterates his nards, I'm not letting this go. Because <laughs> this is like the best moment in the episode. No, that card game is the best moment in the episode, yeah. but this is good. This is the best part of any of the flashbacks. Because it's the only part that's fun, other than the wrestling. She's like, oh. Sometimes a man's best asset are also his greatest liability. Right. <laughs> and it's like, Duncan's D is his best asset? <laughs> yes. Yes. That's I wish, proven by this show. I but. wish they did, like, a shot of his nutsack and, like, electricity <laughs> happened to, like, heal it. <laughs> the the electronic healing? Yep. That makes sense. Yeah, That was of course. cut. That was cut that from was, the episode. That was all that was cut. In, in I regen- wish they showed his nutsack. <laughs> no, but then, like, the, the electricity comes out of it and it heals it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That would have been gold. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> At least from his crotch. They didn't have to show the nuts. But oh, my like God. <laughs> electricity. All right. You're right. That would have made this better. Yeah. There's only one <laughs> thing that could have made this better. Wait, can we just say um, no. Max says to Mei Ling, maybe I need to teach you a lesson after they oh, that's right. talk about how they're going to fuck. Mm-hmm. I thought that was gross. Yeah, it was. Okay, so we cut What's now back to the present. No chemistry. It's like, who are these people? Yeah, these people seem like strangers. Well, and they're like, out there in the in the woods or whatever. What else are they going to do? <laughs> okay, so we cut to the present. We're in the motorhome. Rita tells Michael Christian to like go and hide because Ian's car pulls up. 
And he's playing that knife finger game. Yeah, five finger fillet, I believe mm. it's called. And he, he's wearing like a blanket and like huddles into the back. Yeah, with, like <laughs> a, like a grandmother with like <laughs> a blanket around his shoulders, and he's holding his sword. It's really funny. Yeah. So Ian comes in and he confronts Rita about this whole situation, it's and like he's really like passive. Yeah, he's like, oh well, it seems like you know he's been defeating some like big players. Sounds like he's getting like some Martha Stewart style insider info. Yeah, and he basically calls her out and i guess he plays it kind of soft to begin with he's like you just need to be reassigned yeah and then she accuses him of just being jealous because he killed his immortal so then he's like fuck you you're just gonna get fired and so he storms out yeah this seems good i like this he is oddly threatening i like the actor who played ian i, mean, I liked I him a lot i really liked he him. is good but this is when christian like shuffles out of the bedroom <laughs> with his like blanket with on. his blanket and I, his sword. this made me laugh i yeah. like pause it's it really funny yeah <laughs> he looks well, like i'm wearing my cape with my sword <laughs> yeah that's what it looks like he looks like he's i built cosplaying. a blanket fort and i'm defending it. yeah he looks like he's cosplaying as connor from the highlander movie <laughs> <laughs> it's a tartan pattern blankie. Mm -hmm. So Rita promises Michael Christian that nothing's going to happen to him. So then we cut to a little later, and Ian is crossing the street, and Rita is watching him from and a car. And there's this awesome guitar riff. Did you hear that? No, I don't yeah, remember. It's it. a great. It's like this metal yeah. cue. It sounds oh, nice. awesome. And so then Rita runs Ian down. She fucking slams this guy. He <laughs> the, goes the stunt looks crazy in like, the air. Yeah, this guy's head hits the ground he like gets two times. Fucked up. <laughs> it's brutal. Yeah, it just hurls him. I, I found this, this very great satisfying. Stunt. Yeah, this is. Yeah. A, I mean, this is a great stunt. Yeah. Like this is a very good stunt. Fuck you, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> so after the fate this, of all Ians, that's right. After this, we cut to the loft, and Max telling Joe it's not easy to lose a friend. So I guess Joe at this point has heard about yeah. Ian. And so he's, he's upset that like their last interaction was an argument. Right. And Joe feels kind of like he betrayed yeah. Ian and the Watchers. And the very thing they argued about Joe is doing right now, which is yeah. visiting Mac. Yep. Yeah. But he's basically breaking up with Mac. Yeah. They're having yeah. a whole conversation about, like, this was my oath, mm -hmm. and I screwed it up. Mac is like, you have to make your own judgment calls. This is... I find I, this is like murky territory because it's like Mac's code of honor is whatever the episode needs it to be. Right. It's, it's like a very odd relationship with oaths and promises. <laughs> he does because he kept that one promise to that creepy guy episode. Do you remember that? Oh, that is was all the script. Warmonger. Yeah. 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 He lets this guy commit atrocities for a long time in order to honor his promise to Drakoff in Warmonger. And then in The Samurai, he makes a promise to Hideo Koto that he will enforce over the centuries and over the objections of someone being like, please don't do this. Don't do this for me. Yeah. I release yeah. you from whatever this familial promise is. Don't fucking do it. And he does it anyway. Yeah. Because it's like, you got to keep your promises. And then Joe's there like, well, I kept an oath to not do exactly what I'm doing. And he's like. You can do whatever you want. There are no rules. Make your own decisions. Right. Yeah. And this isn't like some bullshit promise. Like this is, I think this is like heavy duty stuff. Like there, there's a reason there's this oath. Like, yeah. like don't screw with the fate of humanity. Like, cause also mm. Mac brings that up in the converse. Like he's like, Richie, this is our game. It's not like for, you know, mortals eyes. Like this is what we do. This is right. what we do. It's what we do. It's uh, who we are. But he's totally fine with Joe meddling around in this whole thing. 
that's because they're buddies. That's and right. Mac likes going Joe's oh, and hearing some tunes and drinking I, a beer. Yeah, but I do like the stuff that Mac says. Like, I feel like Mac is making like a pretty compelling case here. It just seems oddly inconsistent with a lot of the other things yeah. he says. Because he's like, you know, like part of being a person is like deciding who your friends are, and like, yeah, you get to decide that. Like, mm-hmm. no one can take that freedom away from you. Right. right. Like, promise or no promise. It's like, we are fair. We are at, like, an odd spot in the show. Like, when Mac is like, do you regret our friendship? And I was like, are they even good friends yet? Like, Yeah, they're, they're totally I guess good so. friends by now. But I guess we just haven't seen them pal around too much. I feel like that's what we're missing a they're little. They're like Joe's ride or die only, bros. Yeah. <laughs> ride or die bros. Yeah. Joe's is the only bar Mac ever goes to. It's the only place he takes Anne on dates. That's true. Yeah. It's the only place to go on dates. He must go there all the time. Yeah. Without them, like Richie and Joe are buds. So like, yeah, Richie seems like more of a bro. <laughs> I want them to remake. I've said this before, but I want them to remake Shaun of the Dead, but with the Highlander cast, and Joe's is the Winchester. The <laughs> and, and show their nuts getting electrocuted. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's actually the entire thing. Yep. <laughs> nuts of the dead. <laughs> so they go downstairs, and Richie shows up, and he's got Jack Nicholson seats <laughs> to the basketball team and joe's like such a bummer like he doesn't even really tell richie like the real reason he's just like hey you coming joe no i won't be there it's like jesus man like and then he just walks out without saying anything else Uh, so yeah he is breaking up with them yeah guys there's actually extras I know they're all oh, back. Yeah. They're in all a back. couple of these episodes. They're back. They're back, baby. Yeah. The, the it's at least the gym's not going out of business yet. That's true. But triple X chromosomes paying the bills. Yeah. So it's like you know it's a little dark. This little interaction with Joe. Oh, I also and also Richie's in this episode. Yeah. For for like two lines, this line and one other one. Yep. We he's. Oh uh, yeah, I guess he does come back a little later. Yeah. For no reason, yeah. but we'll discuss in a so, minute. So uh, I, I had a note here. Uh, I really like their elevi- elevator. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, <laughs> I really like their elevator. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Let's try this one more time. I, I really like their elevator ride Ugh. down yeah. from the loft. The, it was shot really well. Yeah, it was really cool because like yeah. they have the bars between them. And I was like, oh, this is like a nice visual representation of them being like separated now. It's like they're all divided right. by these like symbols. Re- yeah, these big black bars. Great. They're never in the same shot together now. Yep. It's like just one on one side, one on the other. And I was like, this is very nice. Good stuff, Palo. Is that just what you call your friends now? Good no, Palo Barsman. <laughs> I, yes, I got it, Keith. Oh, sorry. Thank you for explaining the joke. It wasn't good, but... Ah, damn it. Palo. <laughs> we cut upstairs. Mac is going to take a little trip to the islands, and he Richie asks if he's like, okay. Just, what is this island? Are we supposed to know what the fuck he's talking about? Yeah, this is... This was covered was in, in the first season. This is Mac's, like... Cabin. Native American cabin thing right. that he trains at in season one before the Grayson fight. But I think him referring to it as like I'm going to the island. It's like, huh? What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, I feel like they so needed to like reintroduce it's, that. It's a, a lo- it's a long callback. This is almost three whole seasons callback. Yeah, it's like he doesn't go there much. It's not like yeah. we see this all the time. It's like his yeah. retreat. I don't even remember it being referred to in that way. But when they referred to it, no. I'll go to the island. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's like you're going to the island, like Hawaii, <laughs> right? Manhattan? Uh, Where are you going? <laughs> so Mac gives Richie his sword. He's like, I want you to watch after this for me. You know, feed it, take yeah. it for a walk. <laughs> uh, I don't know why Mac is refusing to take his sword with him. Well, like, he says this is part of my life, but doesn't define it. I don't. This seems like all sorts of weird stuff built into this that is yeah. not. 
in the episode at isn't all? Called, yeah, isn't you know called the, back at all. You yeah. know what this feels like? Lessons he was supposed to learn during the Kung Fu segment. I feel like that is the ingredient that's missing. Right. Like he's trying to get back in touch with lessons that we didn't see him learn during right. that flashback and would be an explanation for this. Is that this, makes a lot of sense. Instead, it's just there baffling and is just to facilitate a later puzzling plot decision that they make is this supposed to be a contrast to joe that can't separate his personal life from his watcher code and max like well i have me and then i have this game i don't know game life game life that's right Westside. so max uh, going for 24 hours uh, this is the one day he's going to be missing with that book. Yep. So he yeah. just wants to go read. Did he bring the book with him? I think so. If he did, he totally gets it wet and ruins oh, it. Oh, that's right. He does. <laughs> <laughs> like it's up in the river. Though, if no, if bag, it's in his bag. If it's yeah, in he, his bag, it's yeah. okay. No, All right. but but if it's in his coat. If it's in his pocket, then he, that book screwed. is Then fucked. he's going to owe the library a deposit. <laughs> Good thing he put down his credit card. So we cut to Joe's. And Rita's there at the bar, and Rita, I guess, says just because she had words with Ian doesn't mean she's not upset, and they were they were friends. Uh, so she's very upset about his death, even though that's a lie, obviously. Uh, so then fucking Richie comes in, and this is so ridiculous. Like, there's and so many, like, this... clumsy plot devices in this. It's like, he comes in just to be like, Mac didn't take his oh, sword. Yeah. Like, how about that? Okay, should I be worried about him? Uh, He's at this island at this time. Like, do you have the coordinates? Yeah. <laughs> so I checked the script. It's funny, like every little thing that gets taken out of one of these scripts, how it like impacts the episode and like what you think. Like we dealt with that in what was it, Vendetta. When remember Kyle, you brought up Anthony DeLongis is like, next time I'll pick the time and place. And we we're like Blackmail. Oh, blackmail, I'm sorry. And it was like, wait, didn't you pick the time and place? And it was because there was like one line that was cut out about like them stumbling across Mac early. Right. And it wasn't planned. And it's like these tiny little changes like impact how you feel about the whole episode. So yeah. in the script, Richie asks Joe, is there anybody else in town? Should I be worried? And Joe says, no one else is in town. You don't have to be worried. So, I mean, like that, I think, clears up like why is Richie there and why is Richie telling him about this? Right. A little bit. It's a like, better excuse. He just comes in and just expositions <laughs> especially because the last interaction he had was joe is like joe basically telling him to suck a lemon like in friend yeah. dumping him. yeah it's like no i don't want your fucking basketball tickets you twat <laughs> 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 sorry that was unnecessarily that was harsh cut, that was a cut line you can really picture joe saying that so rita of course overhears all of this so then we cut to the motorhome and rita's like it's time to take out mcleod also somewhere earlier it was time to take out trent and we missed that yeah so right before Ian shows up, isn't that what she's talking to yeah. Christian about? She's like, oh, because he's like, why can't I go after McLeod? And she's like, Trent's the right person now. So I guess they hint at it earlier. It's not really made explicit that that's happening like right that minute, though. It's I just mean, she's been busy. Yeah. He's, he's taking yeah. like three heads in 72 hours. Yes. Uh, so Max's place is built on holy ground, but she's like, well, you can get him when he comes back. Right. He won't have a sword then. Also, during this, Christian is watching cartoons. Yeah. Yes. He's sitting there. Yes, he is. Watching Watching cartoons. It's just like he's a child. Because he's literally a forty-year-old child for some reason. <laughs> Why is he an immortal for twenty years? It should have been less time. Yeah, I, I agree. Because it makes a lot I, of this shit implausible. I yeah. got the impression, and again, it's all muddied because, like, is she supposed to be a son or his lover? I got the like impression that, like, well, obviously she was twenty years younger, so she was like more his she peer. holding him back, like, like developmentally, is she, like, oh, maybe no, like is she like him mothering and, him and like. That's a kind of keeping him back from maturing. Because he works twice as hard as everyone else because he's the biggest boy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I got the impression that she's like now like an older lover of his. Like that 
obviously they had like a steamy romance 20 so years been ago like but now she looks older 20 years maybe i think so hmm. modern relationships don't last that long good on them yeah i guess so. i guess you i guess when you have secret information about people trying to kill your hubby that helps yeah. secure your position yeah. whatever whatever works also, for you you do also you. she uses violence apparently to to keep him in line, so that yeah, helps. How long has she been coming at him with, like, appliances? All <laughs> I can think of is this, like, Pink Panther 3. Oh, with the <laughs> With the racist Kato? sidekick yeah. who attacks him all the time? Those scenes are so funny. Are they? <laughs> all the scenes of him, like, jumping out at Clouseau, and they're, like, wrecking their whole apartment. <laughs> That's an aside, but Very still good. racist. Yeah. So we cut to Joe's, and there's a cool fan shot. We're that awesome, moody fan. So Joe's playing the blues again. I guess he's pondering. We get this montage of like both. Uh, it would see Mac and Joe pondering their friendship. So this is from minute 4003 to 4137, a minute and 34 seconds of Mac and Joe's friendship. Just like helping him kill Durgan mm-hmm. and et cetera, et cetera. Yep. yep. <sighs> While Mac does kung fu around a fire. Right. In a less in a, cool in coat. In a sweater. In a sweater, yeah. <laughs> Not in his cool coat from the flashback, but just like in a fisherman hat. <laughs> right. So Mac is heading home, I guess, on his canoe. And we cut back to Joe's and Rita shows up. I guess this is early in the morning. Yeah. Eamon, you referenced this earlier. Mm-hmm. We are supposed to think that this is the cabin where he took Richie before the Grayson fight. Mm-hmm. And the, the Victor Paulus, the guy who gave all the speeches. <laughs> where one of our favorite lines ever took place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, fair enough. No, I think it's, this is definitely that cabin. Yeah. And we saw it in the gathering as well. Because right. that's where Matt goes and Connor and Tess visit him there. So Mike asks how Christian is, bartender Mike. Uh, and Rita's like, ah, nothing exciting happened. And then Mike is like, oh, you didn't hear? They took out Trent yesterday. This part confused me. They immediately figure out that she's been feeding christian information what yeah what is this yeah I like immediately it's like joe's like wait a minute you set him up and i'm like why uh, why do you think did that? she do did she do something or like i don't know she, she and then she immediately spills the beans what? like yeah. i don't understand what this yeah why not is. deny yeah i don't get because also she says like oh nothing's been going on with him like yeah it's not like she even confirms that she has like or is it because she said nothing's going on and they knew christian killed trent so she's lying, lying about it like, why couldn't like she have just she said, like, oh, have... I lost him at some point? Yeah, yeah that's what I mean, I, Joe bailed on the Grayson fight. Like, yeah. yeah. She's just like, I went to sleep early. I don't know. Or was it because they were talking about Trent and Joe was like, this is too easy a coincidence? Yeah. That, I guess that's, that's the what only it is. explanation. But they, they do put these pieces together very quickly. I wish there was Suddenly, a better magically. puzzle for this to all come together. With. Or like she or, said something. Yeah. yeah. yeah like, or, she should have she should have revealed some bit of information that... There's right. no way she could have known or if she had said something about like Trent died or like that the timeline didn't match up. Like she had reported that Trent had died in her chronicle before Justin reported it in his like she wrote hers early in the computer database or whatever. Hmm. And it's like, oh, how'd you put that early? Justin was actually watching it happen and yeah. it didn't happen until here. So you knew it was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Or, that if, sort of or even yeah. if like Ian had tipped Joe off in some way and yeah. like his hackles were up and this is like the last piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. There's right. just no puzzle here. Yeah. Like yeah. Ian knew, tells no one, and then she just spills the beans. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. Joe's like, maybe it's not too late to stop whatever's going to happen. When and he Mac. calls Richie. Yeah. So we cut to the JoJo. The phone rings. Richie gets the answer. And we don't really hear what the conversation is, but he hangs up and runs off. So ah, this is so stupid. Yes, it is. So we cut back to the bar. Rita wants to go and help as well. Joe grabs her and he's like, nope, now we just do what we're supposed to do and wait, which is mm-hmm. supposed to be watching. But like, yeah. so then they just like hunker down and they're just going to wait for this to mm-hmm. shake out. We'll yeah. see who comes Joe back. Joe thinks he's even the odds by 
Wait, what's stupid? Richie Vest. This part where Joe evens the odds because it has exactly zero outcome on the results of oh, the yeah. thing that happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I play it up like this is some moment, but it isn't. It, it's inconsequential to the whole thing. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like Sorry. they never would have had to have revealed Rita's secret, like in no way plays into the resolution mm. of this episode. Nope. Mac just wins. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So we cut to the dam. Mac is arriving back, mm. and Christian is already there waiting with his sword. And he's like, Michael Christian. Oh, yeah. Christian Slater. <laughs> I like this fight. This was good. It's pretty good. And yeah. it's like, it's cool to play with the format because, like, mm-hmm. Mac is obviously unarmed for this whole thing, but he's acquitting himself quite well. Yeah. Like and he's, he's like doing a different style of kung fu or whatever yeah, this time. This looked really good. Like, because this is more in the style of what, I guess, Mei Ling was doing. Like, this crane technique. Like, his hands are yeah. moving around a lot. And... It also kind of reveals that Christian is more skilled than we're led to believe. Yeah. Because he, he holds up against Mac for a while. And Christian does, yeah, like, a bunch he's... of kung fu stuff, too. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he doesn't seem like the sort of guy that would know all this karate yeah. stuff. Unless he got it from Mei Ling when he quickened her. Oh, oh yeah. I didn't oh. think about that. Uh, yeah. We get a new weapon in this scenario, the book bag. The book bag. It's a pretty good shot. Yeah, yeah. right to the nuts as well. Yeah. Call yeah. him back the nut shot. See, that's what he really learned from Mei Ling. Book bag. Att- attack their <laughs> oh, greatest the asset. Yeah. And then the electricity comes from his... Yeah, right. <laughs> Raptor eviscerates eel. So at some point, Mac like knocks Christian's sword yeah. over this dam. There's a dam there, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they like... It's cool. They like fight up and onto like the flowing river of the dam. It's a cool mm-hmm. set. This is cool, yeah. I don't know. They make it interesting. When they yeah. tumble over, they tumble over this railing. I thought that looked awesome. It like, does. They both go flying over. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. this is like real... They like go into the reservoir and then there's like a waterfall or like a Slusgate or whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, And they take a tumble. Yeah. Yeah, They're both like rushing to get to the the sword that has fallen over the other side of this. I was like, did this, are the stunt people okay in this? Yeah. This is a lot of stunts, (laughs) a lot of falling. At first, when they go over the side of this thing, I was like, oh, that's like smush. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But when they actually show them doing it, like the dam is apparently a little more sloped than it appears, or at least they make it look more sloped. So it it looks more like a, violent slide yeah than like a true there's like brutal a fall there's like a funny cut in the middle of this whole thing like all this action is going and then it just cuts back to joe's for like a second and it is just quiet and everyone's yeah. just sitting there waiting <laughs> and then back to the exciting action meanwhile richie shows up at some point yeah he yeah. speeds in and right before that mac and christian are running to get to the sword and then we cut to richie who's arrived with the katana right and all we see is unsheathed. a quickening happening unsheathed right yeah. and so we see i a thought it was happen. sheathed oh was it i thought it was sheathed oh go to the tape we're gonna have to go there are a lot of go backs to the tape yeah. on this episode uh so this is kind of exciting i mean we don't know who won i mm-hmm. mean we do because it's called highlander but uh, <laughs> uh but all we see is 13 yeah. or whatever Oh, no, All Con- we see is the Connor comes back oh. in the next episode. Richie goes to investigate with the katana drawn, and Mac emerges from the bushes. He's like, "Hey, how are you?" Yeah, and I was like, "Is this how this is ending? Like, this is it?" I wish the episode was just over right there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Richie, what are you doing here? So the denouement of this episode, we cut back to Joe's. We get a very clear shot of the entrance to Joe's in this. Anyone notice this? Oh no! Oh, like we see outside. It's a whole thing. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I just Tell think we get a very clear shot of the Tell- first floor entrance to Joe's. Yeah, we have not gotten the clear shot of the second floor entrance. <laughs> yeah, which you've also <laughs> so because I've never discounted that there's two entrances to Joe's. There's more than one. We'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll did, see. did you see yeah. any way from that front entrance where you could see a second entrance? No. <laughs> okay, cool. Just making sure. We'll go to the tape. All right. So Mac walks in and Rita like looks on in horror. She's obviously super upset. And she says she's repulsed. 
Yeah, she's repulsed by this whole thing. God damn it. Uh, and Matt kind of looks a little confused because he has no idea about any of this like, yeah, subplot. Yeah. He's like, what, what the fuck is that about? Like, is that Joe's new girlfriend? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, yes, Joe, your, your new girlfriend has fake teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so Mac and Joe shake hands, and Mac thanks him, and he hands him the Chronicle back. And Joe's like, oh, what are friends for? And that's the end of the episode. Mm, lots of thoughts. Okay. Uh, yeah. How do we feel about this ending, folks? So here's how I would rewrite this episode. Richie almost does nothing in this episode. He's barely yep. in it, yep. and his actions are inconsequential. He gets those tickets. He does get those tickets, which we're never sure if anyone does. Mac and Richie go alone. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? This episode needed Richie to fight Michael Christian at the end. Richie needed to get there earlier, and we know that both of them are now young immortals. So now we actually have a fair fight. It's like Richie's inexperienced. So is Michael Christian, and Richie needs to win this fight. That's, I think, what this should have been about. That would have been cool. I think there are two ways this episode could go. I think there are two diverging paths. They chose path A, but like a diminished version of it. I think path A for this episode is it's really about their relationship with Mei Ling. It's about the lessons that Mac learned from her. And then he brings those lessons to bear to defeat Michael Christian, even though he's at a severe disadvantage. That's, I think, the path that they took, which is why he ends up fighting him unarmed, because it's like really all about the skills he learned from Mei Ling and yeah. what enable him to beat Michael Christian. But they needed to like cut out those flashbacks and like really make that sing. Like, yeah. really understand what the lesson is, put a bow on it. I think that's path A, and I think they did, like, a weak version of that. I think path B is what you're describing, Keith. And I feel like then you just rewrite the whole episode around it. Mm -hmm. Which is to say, Michael Christian is in town for Richie. He's the easy target. Oh. He's the one that Rita thinks he can take. The X factor is that Mac might be there to protect him. So the key fact about the island isn't Mac's going to be unarmed. It's that Richie is going to be alone. That's mm. That works too. Mm -hmm. All right, so mm -hmm. that would be one way you could go. Or conversely, if they want to do this island, for some reason Mac doesn't take the sword, Christian goes to do it. Joe makes the call to Richie. You see Mac pedaling in on the canoe, like that same shot that they were doing. You see Christian waiting. You hear the buzz. Who but shows it's up? It's, it's revealed that Richie right. is the one who he's actually getting the buzz for. They show up. They fight. Yeah, and then and Mac is paddling up and sees the quickening, and you don't know if it's Richie or Christian yeah. that got the quickening. Very easy flip-flop yeah. some of this You stuff. could have done most, almost all of the same fight, even, mm -hmm. like with them tumbling over the side, yep. falling over, Mac arriving, seeing the quickening. Yeah, like Richie needs to be active more in this show. This is a good yeah. way to make it happen. Just, and again, Michael Christian's whole like game is that it's like he's uneven the odds in some way, because he's the... Un insider info so i mean i think throwing richie into this unexpectedly is the perfect way to like be like the odds are even now how's it going to shake out right for someone he's not expecting perhaps yeah. they keep on disregarding opportunities for richie to do things like they seem to actively avoid his involvement in a lot of these episodes and yeah. i get that he's not the main character but come on and the last time they got him involved it was an excuse to basically kick him off the show for half a season like they were like oh yeah you kill mako off the show, show. like yeah I don't get it. Yeah. What's the point? The only reason Michael Christian feels like a credible threat for Mac is because he's unarmed. Like, right. they set it up that Christian can't beat him in a fair fight. Like, why go through this whole contrivance when you've got a character that's, like, well-calibrated to fight Christian? I don't know. Either There's some weird structural decisions. Instead of this. Because <laughs> it's just like, what, Mac wins again because he's Mac. Yeah. Yeah, there's no real good reason Mac wins. 
Like, it's kind of a luck of the draw thing again. Like, it's just by chance that who got to that sword first? Like, but it's also like Mac is 400 years old and has been fighting, like, every day. Like, yeah. of course he beats Michael Christian. I, I mean, I guess, but he doesn't have a sword. He's at this right. huge disadvantage. Like, But the fact of the matter is this plan was never going to work, right? Like, Mac doesn't do anything or learn anything. No outside influence evens the odds. It was just that they had a plan to beat Mac by catching him unarmed, and that plan was never going to work yeah. because Mac is that much better. If that was what it was all along, then like we just watched a dance play out. There was no like agency or lessons learned or tension that solved it. Yeah. I didn't watch any behind-the-scenes stuff on this, but I feel like this is a relic of old TV. Like To me, this is a clip show like to save money. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't do a lot in between. But, what but it's strange. They so had that big shot with, like, the China stuff is yeah. huge. That had to cost money. Yeah. Real yeah. money. Right. And, and it like, doesn't cost that much money to just stay there and shoot more. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean... They, it's shot one. It's like, shot one is most of the cost. Right. How many more shots do you want? But it, it looks like they're, like, in a field. Like, that stuff could have been set up already. No. Oh, so there. So here's some behind the scenes info. So, uh, uh, but Steve Gagan talks on the DVD about they didn't have long to build these yurts. Like they mm. built them all out of wood and like painted oh, wow. them, and it's pretty cool. Uh, he found this place that was, I guess, near the shore. You mm-hmm. can see that there's kind of mountains and there's water in the background. But I guess they had to. They based their entire shooting schedule on the tide tables. And so what they would have to do, he's like, if you look really closely, he's like, the village kind of moves around oh. uh, in the shots, and he says they would start closer to the shore. And then throughout the day, they would like, these things were pretty light since they were made of wood, and they would lift them up and move them back. And so they were always kind of fighting with the tide. And then the next day, they would kind of go out further. Huh. So that's the deal. So these are not like already there. This okay. is like a completely fabricated scene. Hmm. And so were all the costumes. These were not bought costumes. These were wow. all made for this episode. So they spent some money yeah. on this flashback. Like this almost, again, like this feels like almost two episodes that they mashed together. It's like somebody it had an idea for is. Mei Ling, and then somebody else had this Watcher idea. And it's like, well, we can only do, you know, 21, 22 episodes a season. Let's just put these two scripts together, which is not a bad thing that a lot of shows do. Because sometimes you end up with, like, interesting stories that have a lot of themes and stuff. But, like... These are two episodes that, like, both the themes are not served. They are. Right. They are, they also serve not well. Uh, <laughs> so two things. One, based on the way they titled the episode and the overall distribution of, like, time spent, clearly they wanted this episode to be about the Watcher plot. Like, that's clearly the A plot of this whole thing. They also serve is like, a John Milton reference. Mm-hmm. It's like, they also serve who stand and watch or sit and wait or something to that effect is, like, full quote. Because it's not really a quote if I can't remember it that clearly. In any case. <laughs> yeah, they also serve who only stand and wait. Only stand and wait. There we go. In any case, I think both of these are really good ideas. Mm-hmm. Like this Kung Fu thing and like in a proper deployment and with a pair of actors with more chemistry than Mac and Mei Lin, I buy in completely. Like I totally want to see that plot. This Watcher plot is amazing. I would have yeah. watched a full episode of just that card game. And I think doing clips that are new and interesting or something else that might have worked, clips that tag on to the back of things we've already seen. Like Mm -hmm. maybe you want to talk about that Grayson fight, Mm -hmm. show a little bit of the Grayson fight, then do something that like only Joe participated in. Right. Or like that only these watchers would have seen or known if you wanted to incorporate old stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's just no new information gained. Yeah. It kind of kills me. Yeah. Yep. If a show like this was made today... You know they would almost write, like, bullshit scenes every episode to fill in stuff like this. Like, a show that relies so heavily on guest stars and flashbacks, like, they would just write extra scenes for Grayson that would be short and filmed. And it's like, we'll just put them in the bank. Maybe we'll flash back to it later just to, like, flesh out this whole world. 
Yeah, uh, it's just like... And obviously this show was not made at that time when they were thinking in that way and doesn't have the budget for that sort of stuff. But yeah, any sort of new material would be great. Or just like a dumping ground for interesting ideas that they never thought could be an episode, but would just be a, a yeah. thought. And it's like, yeah. let's just put that in there. And yep. like, wouldn't it be cool to see this? Sure. When are we going to do it? I don't know. Just have it be a little tidbit in this episode. Or if they, yeah, like if they brought back like Xavier St. Cloud and showed a little thing with him and like they can't do Darius, obviously, but yeah, that would have been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like if this show was made today, either one of like this Watcher related plot or this Kung Fu related plot could have been like top 20 episodes. Yeah. I think there's just like so much great potential in both yeah and instead it's like just while i'm ranting total bullshit cop out on the relationship with mac and mayling yeah they were afraid to let them have like him have like a standalone not romantic yeah relationship with this character yep it's like she's his teacher it's okay if for once he meets a woman and doesn't bang her immediately yeah like that is allowed like she can just be his teacher. Yeah. And he can be just as upset and want revenge for a woman he didn't fuck. Like, yeah. Well, I think, I think the twist they tried to put on it was that it was she that wa- she was the one that wanted to be with him because she mentions earlier that she's like, I tried to learn with all these masters, but since I'm a woman, they all tried to like make it more. Yeah. And she's like, I didn't want that. I wanted to learn. And so I think that's the twist is supposed to be that like she was the one at the end of Max training is the one she's the one that instigates like I, I'm into you. So right. but who cares? No, I agree. That no, it should just be non romantic. Yeah. There's no reason for this to exist. And it doesn't play into the episode at all anyway. Nope. So are we supposed to believe that Mac wanted to go get Michael Christian? I don't know. For killing? Yeah, I don't I don't like, know. Was there ever gonna was there any element of like a vengeance plot here? I don't get the impression that there was. And it was. doesn't need the romantic involvement for to like I mean, I feel like they're like trying to up the stakes by being like, Oh, and they bang, so now it's a big deal that she's dead. It's yeah. like, no, it was her his teacher. He's allowed mm. to be upset. Yeah. And like, I don't know. This show is a troubling relationship with a lot of female characters and like this is an opportunity where they have just like a potentially strong instructive female character and then like they just go back to this well of making it romantic for why i don't understand not to mention those like cheesecakey shots in the beginning of her diving into the pool oh yeah very voyeuristic with like Mm. a bathing suit Mm. 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 yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh oh he was watching the clip on his iphone and put it away (laughs) okay sorry All right, so since we've been talking about the flashbacks, uh, do you guys want to take a guess on how many minutes were consumed by flashbacks? Ooh, I'd have to actually tally up. I made notes of it. I'm not going to look at it, though, for the sake of fairness. Ten ten minutes? Price is right rules. Kyle? Price is right rules? Yeah. One second. Eamon? Oh, no, wait. Kyle. Kyle wins. One second. Sorry. (laughs) It is, but Eamon, you are closest. Yeah, I knew that. (laughs) Nine, nine minutes and 38 seconds. Wow. Oh, I was close. So that accounts for... 23%, 23%, almost 25% of this episode. A quarter of this episode is spent with nonsense flashback padding. Come on, uh, guys. Yep. Come that's on, a guys. real, that's such a letdown. Because yeah. imagine what they could have done with that 25% real estate. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, just in terms of developing the themes we've been talking about, like, even if they were going to mash these two ideas together, I think you could have wound up with, like, a top 10 episode this season with the raw material that's here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I think the emotional content and, like, the philosophical discussions of this show 
for me, really, like, trump some of the action in some ways. Like, this show does not need these giant set pieces all the time and big flashy fights. Like, we'll see this in an episode they, uh, what's it called, Blind Faith, mm-hmm. which kind of has a lot, like, very little action, big set pieces. Like, that seemed like a pretty contained episode that mostly dealt with just dialogue. But I think that episode crushes it personally because uh, I'm just, like, super interested in what they're talking about. And I feel like this episode could have been similar. It's like, you don't have to spend, like, waste all your budget. I don't say waste, but, like, spend all your budget on this other stuff, and then you've, you're stuck padding the episode. It's like, no, just add more, like, substantial content, and yeah. this episode will work really well. And they had so many vehicles for delivering that substantial content. It's not like they had to, like, shoehorn something else in. It's like, all these scenes where he's with Mei Ling, these scenes where the Watchers are talking, could just be longer. Yeah. And that would have been perfectly adequate. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got the raw materials, you've got the conflicts already. Mm-hmm. Just let them sing. Guys, I think it's game time. Guys, we're going to play a new game we're on the like, podcast. We're just like a game factory over here. We're like crushing it. So this one's this one, as usual, my games tend to be a, a little harder. I don't know. That wasn't intentional. Maybe this will be hard. Maybe it won't be. We'll mm. see. But we're going to play Finish That Lyric. And oh. so we're going to do an audio game on Queen songs from Highlander. Ooh. So I'm going to play the first part of a Queen lyric. Mm-hmm. And then you have to finish it. Sound oh, good? We, yeah. And so was... you are each are going to take turns. Eamon, you're going to go first. Then Kyle, back and forth. You guys ready for question one? Let's lyric do it. One. Eamon, you're up. All right. I'm going to play the first part of it, and you have to finish it. Yes, sir. Inside your mime. <laughs> That's right. And the answer is... All right. Kyle, round two. You're up. Yeah. This is from... I didn't say... I'm sorry. You, I'm assuming you knew what that song was from. It's a kind of magic since mm. they said it in the first line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle, this is from the Queen's song, One Vision. Here you go. Here's your clue. And visions of one great union. Ooh, should I give it to Kyle? I'm pretty damn close. Visions of one sweet union. Yes. I agree. So the, uh, the lyric is, and visions of one sweet union. Not great union. Not great yeah, union. Great union's not a, a great lyric, so, <laughs> so that's okay. Make it, it was originally good. It was visions of one good union. <laughs> a great union. <laughs> that was a great union. I'm up in the space. I'm giving Kyle a point for that. I'm going to lose all my rounds, by the way. (laughs) I'm just putting that out there. I don't know any of these lyrics. Unless one is who wants to live for... There we go. And then I say ever. For fried chicken? Ooh. Because that that isn't how that song ends? Yeah. One vision? Spoiler alert. I love fried chicken. Kyle's got one point. Eamon has zero points. Eamon, Mm. this is the third round. This is from... Eamon's most heard phrase. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In this studio. Sorry. <laughs> okay. This is from the song One Year of Love. One year of love is better a lifetime alone. One sentimental moment in your eyes. Oh. Chicken, Any guesses? Chicken pot pie. 
That's it. Yeah, you nailed it. The answer is... It's like a shooting star right, right through my heart. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Zero points. <laughs> Kyle, round Hey-o. four for you. This is from the song Who Wants to Live Forever. There's no chance for us. This world has only one sweet moment set aside for us. It's actually this world has only one great moment set. No, I'm just kidding. It is sweet moment. They is sweet twice. Yeah, must wow. be a favorite of Freddie Mercury. Here's the end of it. This world has only one sweet moment set aside for us. Booyah, man! Freddie Mercury. Is fucking great. Queen's fucking great. Very <laughs> He's good. The man. Yep. All right, Amen. Round five. There's going to be. You're going head to head here because you you're get, both going to have clues. This, this one's from head-to-head? Princes of the Universe. Oh, oh we're going head to head on Princes. Of no, the no, Universe? no. I'm saying Amen's got a Princes of the Universe lyric, and then Kyle, you're going to have one too. We're Don't blink, two from Amen. this. You got to get I'm both not, of yours. I'm so. not going to blink. All right, here we go, Amen. Mm. Here's your clue. Take me to the future of you all. I'm pretty sure it's send, but I'm okay with it. Take me to the future of you all. So it's send. It's take me to the future of your world. Oh, of your world. And it's world. very... Uh, he I've, definitely says send. Does he? Listen, play that again. Take me to the future Take me. That's a confusing S-take lyric. Sense. It take. sounds. I think it's take. Where'd you get the lyrics? Is, lyrics.com? Yeah, lyrics.com. Backslash know. your mom. I mean, I'm fine with the answer he gave. I, I actually that's thought cons- that. I thought that was the answer. That's how I used to sing the song. I thought it was yeah, taking the future yeah. of you all. Yeah. Of your world. Of your world. Huh. Yeah. Mm. The world does not sound right to no, me. It, <laughs> I mean, no. It does Keith, not. Keith, you're the judge. I will defer to you. I'm going to give Eamon the point because I don't think it's really going to matter in the end. Nope. <laughs> it's not. There we go. Eamon's Thank got... you for this pity point. Yep. Eamon's got a point on the board. Kyle, you are also doing Princess of the Universe. Ready? Yep. Here we go. Kyle, what's your guess? <laughs> Damn it. I'm here for your love and I make my stand. Let's check the answer on that. I'm here for your love and I make my stand. Uh, very good, Kyle. You to to <laughs> be princes of the universe. All right. So the score currently is three to one. Oh. Do you guys want a shot at the, uh, the last one? We can do a little sudden death even though it doesn't matter. I have a round. Sure. sure. <laughs> you did the work. We might as well yeah. play the game. There we go. All right. Much like the immortals in the TV show Highlander. Hey, you did the work. <laughs> and man, playing the game. Princess of the Universe is such a good song. It's it amazing. Me amped up every time I hear it. I love it. Awesome. All right, guys. This is from the song "Give Me the Prize." Ooh.
I am the god of kingdom come. Give me the prize. You both answer it, so you both get points. <laughs> Kyle yeah, gets yeah. another point, so it's two to four. Very good, guys. That's my second favorite song from the Highlander soundtrack. Yeah, it's a good one. I love that song. It's a good. It's a. It's, it's, it's really a song. how like rocking it is. Yeah, that's a good soundtrack, top to bottom. Oh yeah, we should yeah. do it. Maybe we should do an episode one day on we like, should dissecting the soundtrack a little bit. Talk mm-hmm. about lyrics. Talk about all that good stuff. I agree. That sounds like fun. That yeah. would be an awesome episode. And also, it's a good excuse for why our initial one, when our initial Highlander podcast wasn't twelve episodes long. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do an episode on every song. <laughs> every soundtrack. There we go. Well, guys, that's how you play whatever we call this game. Finish that lyric. So, Twinkening. Nope. Twinkening. Like that. All right. Any final thoughts on this episode? Missed opportunity clip show. I, 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 yeah, that's true. Sad. Is that a Trump tweet? Yeah, it sounded like a Trump quote. Missed Go-fee-fee. opportunity. <laughs> a quick quick fee quick fee lots of missed opportunities here one thing that i did not say in my previous roundup this also would have been a good reason i think to reset the joe relationship a little bit their relationship gets very chummy kind of very quickly this would have been a good reason to like introduce some distance and some additional tension especially because we're about to enter like the main plot line of season three with Callus, which is a huge villain spanning kind of the remainder of the third season. Having Mac not like losing the support of Joe in some way or having Joe keep him at arm's distance, I think ups the stakes of that conflict. Mm-hmm. It also just gives them more things to explore. Right. Yeah. Like the friendship between Mac and Joe is great. I wouldn't mind it being like this doesn't get neatly wrapped up. Like Joe is grappling with a legitimate moral crisis about what his responsibilities are here. So maybe resolving that takes more than 20 minutes. Yeah. How many episodes does Joe appear in in a season? Like, we know Richie's, like, not in all of them. But, like, in the next two episodes we watched, is Joe in them? Uh, I can't remember. Uh, Blind Faith. Does Joe ever show up in Blind Faith? I don't think so. No. And he's, he's Joe's in Song oh, of no, the Executioner? Yes, he is in Blind is he? Faith. Yes. Joe he's definitely in, in Song of the Executioner. Mm. Yeah, he's in Blind I was going to say, like, if Joe, if Jim Burns had some contractual obligations, much like stand cursed that he's not in every episode that there's some that are without him mm-hmm. i wouldn't mind actually having joe reassigned for a little bit and get ian in there and just switch up the dynamic and now ian's max watcher mm-hmm. and we get to see how ian handles things and do they have a relationship is mac pushing ian to like give him info and he refused you know who knows there could be something yeah. there and also gives a nice victim for callus to come after i mm. think because callus is obviously not taking out joe right because i feel like ian's death is just like a bummer like i wanted more of ian he I seemed mean, that, like that car crash is not a bummer <laughs> no it's pretty epic uh but i mean like he's the sort of character that i wish would stick around like he doesn't have to be a main character but him popping yeah. up every once in a while even if by name like he gets a phone call from joe like all that sort of stuff would be good we are uh, ready to rake this bad boy i think so kyle how many full houses would you give this <laughs> How many full houses? Yeah, not not uh, not with the Bob Saget, but playing cards, full no. houses. Mm. Okay, so like a lot of us sitting down around the table, and multiple people have full houses. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. unlikely, but you know, maybe playing Texas Hold'em and like three kings drop or sure. something. All of a sudden, it's a thing. 
anyway. I know, uh, weird, weird one for me to pick. <laughs> Honestly, I read it and I was like, what am I talking about? How many full Ur houses would I give this? Uh... <laughs> You know, I'm really torn about this one. The flaws of this episode I find very galling, especially the clip show aspects. is really hard for me. But the potential that's here, and frankly, that poker scene carries so much water for me. Like, I'm willing to push this as high as a three. And that's despite, like, the very aggressive complaints I have about the missed opportunities and clip showiness of the whole thing. Eamon, how many unwarranted flashback scenes would you give this? I think three, three is the way to go. I, I would say if you were watching this season, but you didn't want to watch every episode, this is one you watch. This is maybe a perfect episode to watch. Like we've talked, like a lot of people don't think the first season's got much to offer. Having come in later in this show, this probably feels pretty good. It would like clue you in on a lot of what has happened before. If yeah. You didn't watch season one seasons yeah i mean what do you know grayson is bad and darius is different i guess so yeah Yeah, you don't you don't know enough about those characters for that to have an impact they're just it's like randomness then yeah Yeah. grayson licks his teeth like a bad guy Mm. yeah he had some spinach stuck in verner stalker wears a robe like a good guy (laughs) good Uh, guys wear robes yeah i'll give this three how many crushed testicles would you give this (laughs) three crushed testicles that's a little norm- bit of lightning that's yeah it's lightning uh, three testicles yeah three testicles that's uh, weird well yeah, that's weird. they're not the same person's testicles oh, okay. they're on multiple wearers i see very good you see that's what you do with a testicle yeah. right? you wear it this episode mm-hmm. does have tons of potential it looks pretty great is this the first time we've all come up with the same rating on an episode i think it's the first time in a while yeah three of a kind were we unanimous Poker references on the samurai i think i went a little higher i think i was like four and a half on that okay. we were not unamurai <laughs> Uh, oh my god yeah it's a bummer that this episode wasn't like yeah so much so much potential aim. so much i did potential. like it i did like there's it. some good stuff in it though so. yeah worth the watch very good so thanks for listening to this week's episode everybody uh make sure to join us next week for the episode blind faith see you next week bye see ya bye Baby's from here. He's just like, oh, I just yeah. wanted to come back before I get reassigned. Isn't yeah. he British? British. Or no? Well, I mean, people live oh, well, other he said places. He's from, I guess so. We won a uh, war against those people. Oh, my God. <laughs> the you mean the British? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just... <laughs> what is he? Don't come here. Oh, my God. Yeah. DT. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs>